Hello, 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 and welcome to Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs connect. Today, I am thrilled to announce our guest. You're on with Abiola Abrams, and our special guest today, our guest teacher for Spiritpreneur School, is Madison Taylor. The Madison Taylor, I should say. She is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of the popular inspirational website and daily email, Daily Ohm. And Madison is responsible for all of its content. A recognized leader in self-help and new thought spirituality, Madison has more than 20 years of experience in personal development and alternative healing methodologies. Madison has written articles and an online course for Oprah.com and other publications. She has been a daily guest on XM Satellite Radio for over a year, and she's currently a popular guest on many other radio shows. In 2008, Hay House published her first book, Daily Ohm, Inspirational Thoughts for a Happy, Healthy, and Fulfilling Day, and in 2010, Daily Ohm, Learning to Live. In 2015, Goddess Madison added a soul coaching practice for personal clients to help deepen their personal growth. Her latest endeavor is a new line of guided meditations available as downloads from iTunes and Amazon. Her first guided meditation release, Releasing Fire Meditation, debuted at number four on the Billboard charts in the New Age section and number one on Amazon. Welcome, Madison. Thank you so much for being on Spiritpreneur School. Hi, Abiola. I'm so happy to be with you today. I am I'm just I think that this is going to be this conversation in fact has already happened in the ether and I can tell how inspirational it was. <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> so Madison, we've just heard your official bio. Tell us who the woman is behind that bio, who you are personally and your professional story. Wow, you know, I'm really just an average everyday woman like many of your listeners. Um, on an extraordinary journey called life, uh, like everyone is. Um, I'm a mother and a wife and a writer. Um, I'm a huge daydreamer, which is really helpful in my line of work. I'm a lover of Mother Earth and everything upon her, her oceans. I'm a gardener. And I'm just really a person trying to make the best of this life this time around. And really make it count this time around. I feel an importance of really making this one count, and so that's showing up in my work. That is so beautiful. I love that you're a gardener. My mother is also an avid gardener, and I think that there is something very sacred and special about women who have that connection to the earth. You know, Absolutely. I mean, even before I started Daily Ohm, um, I had an aromatherapy products company um, that was, doing very well, sold all over the world, and the recipes came from nature herself, and I would meditate in my garden and tune in to nature, and yes, I was that weird woman that talked to flowers and trees, but, you know, they talked back to me, and they gave me the recipes um, for all of my products, and um, it was a beautiful, beautiful relationship, and I hold that very sacred to this day, um, and there's something very grounding about being in a garden. I think it's very important for people, especially if you have your own business, you need to take time to be grounded. So stepping out with nature, and even if you're tending a few tomatoes, um, it's a really great way to uh, keep grounded. I fully agree, and and I also am I'm from a family of people that talk to trees. My sister is an herbalist, and we've been welcoming the the trees and the foliage back here on the East Coast, and so I am right there with you on that, sister. So, so how did you begin, Madison? As you said, you had an aromatherapy business, and I don't hesitate to say that you have changed the culture with Daily Ohm, and you've been a part of the ushering in of, you know, this new era that makes it possible for people like me, who when we were growing up were weirdos and outsiders and outcasts now to, you know, be a little bit more recognized, like, oh, well, that's what you're doing because of the work that you've done. How did you get started? 
Well, first of all, thank you. I'm very honored to, uh, to hear those words from you. Um, you know, my husband and I were living in Los Angeles, and this was the early 2000s, and I had my successful product line business. And my husband was working in the music business, and he was commuting like oh, 45 minutes just to go across town in L.A., so he was stuck in traffic a lot and hating it. And I said, you know, just quit your job and come and help me. I need some help. And he did. And I'm really proud of him because that took a lot of ego um, suppression on his part, you know, to yeah. do that, to stop his great job in the music business to help his wife with her aromatherapy business. Um, but he did. Uh, but that didn't last long. After a few months, uh, you know, he started to get a little anxious and and he was probably tapping into the greater thing that was to come. And he said, you know, uh, all of my products were blessed. And I thought, oh, I'm reaching all these people. I'm blessing my products, the sprays and the candles and the herbs. And when people use them in their home, they're receiving this blessing, and it feels so good. But we both had a desire to reach more people and reach more people in a deeper way. And so literally, Scott, my husband, had a dream and De Leon came to him in a dream, and he shared it with me. And from that day forth, we set out to do it. And um, I had always enjoyed writing and journaling, and I had never had a book out at that point, but I knew I could write um, daily essays. And at that time, we called it an online magazine. Nowadays, people call it a blog, um, but it was a website. And we started... Um, I started writing these stories every day and putting them out to who knows who and um, starting to gather a small readership. And I would say less than six months in, we were deep into Daily Ohm, and I had to make a decision. It's like, you know, do I keep Madison Taylor Design going and Daily Ohm going and just hire someone to take over um, my aromatherapy company, and the answer came to me meditation to just let it go. And that was really hard for me, to let go of all of my hard work, the company I had built that was at the height of its success. Um, but I needed to allow Daily Ohm to flourish. I felt and knew how important it would become, and so I had to let my other company go and so I closed it down with blessings and helped all the employees uh, find other work and, and kept some of them on with Daily Ohm. Um, and then my husband, who's just a great business genius and great life partner, he was able to market Daily Ohm and, and get us our readership started, and, um, and off it took. What a beautiful story on many different levels. First, I want to point out uh, to our listeners that one of the things that I found very key is that Daily Om came to your husband in a dream, and then when you meditated on whether you should leave the other business, you listened to that meditation. And so what is really key is that you are intimately in touch with the divine, and then you're having the courage to then answer that calling and make the leap. I think that a lot of people get scared, you know, when, as I, as I told you, you know, about my family that, you know, for example, we talk about dreams a lot, and a lot comes to us in dreams, and, and, and you know, people laugh it off, or people feel embarrassed about sharing such things, but you actually listen to your intuition and guidance with your husband. Can you tell us more about that? Well, um, so that is not a gift solely onto a few select people. Um, unfortunately, it gets bred out of us in our American culture. And so this is everyone's birthright, is to be able to tap into the divine and to listen to your gut. And we all have that ability. And for me, that is my core and that is my foundation. Um, but I will say it doesn't happen overnight. Um, it is something I had to practice because it had been bred out of me as well. And like a muscle, it can come back. And uh, that came back through a practice of daily meditation. And it didn't take long because I think a spirit knew how passionate and focused and determined I was to 
do that. You know, I couldn't force it, but I made the effort to sit every day. And I have to say in the beginning I couldn't sit uh, for more than a couple of minutes because um, I have a very racy mind. I have a mind full of ideas, and I'm a very chatty person, and my brain is very chatty. Um, But that's okay. Some days I could only sit for two minutes, and it didn't matter. What mattered was that I did it every day. And by doing it every day, I was showing spirit, universe, hey, this is important to me. I want to connect with you. I'm making the effort. Can you come and meet with me? And um, I did that for, well, I've been doing that since I was in my 20s for a very long time now. But it came very quickly. And this is something that is available to everybody, and it's free. And I love that. <laughs> it doesn't cost you yes. a dime. You can just sit every day and and be still. And if you can only do it for two minutes, that's okay. And try and build up your muscle to five minutes. and And then it's however long feels good to you. For me, it's usually 20 minutes, but sometimes um, 10, and sometimes 10 minutes twice a day. And then you start listening to that voice. And sometimes you'll almost feel a pestering, okay, go and sit now, (laughs) go and sit now. And I have a message for you, go and sit now and be still, let me talk to you. So anyone can do it. Yes, anyone can do it, and it's free, as you said. And one of the ways that I like to uh, guide people toward meditating who maybe feel apprehensive or shy is, you know, like you have a guided meditation album, uh, so do I. And I think that that's a great way to begin if you feel like, okay, well, I'm just sitting there and the thoughts are just racing. You know, your guided meditation release, releasing fire meditation, you know, is a good way to get started. I agree, and in fact, um, I started, I was so jumpy and jittery, I started listening just to meditation music, and so I would force myself to sit and listen to, I don't know, usually an album is like 40 minutes, and so I would listen to just music, just to force myself into um, sitting every day, and then eventually I could turn the music off and then sit for two minutes quietly and build up, but I think guided meditations are a really wonderful way Uh, for people at all levels, but especially for people at beginners, um, because a lot of people don't know what meditation is, and it's scary. You know, they see these people in robes with mala beads going to India, and they think they have to be a hippie or get a guru, and it's just not true. You know, I like high heels and a manicure and fashion, and, you know, I don't, I don't look like a hippie, and I love meditation. So you can be whoever you are, whatever you look like or feel like. It doesn't matter. Just sit with your back straight up and silence your mind. That's all meditation is, is silencing your mind. It isn't a cult. It isn't a religion. Um, There isn't a force from unknown realms that are going to come and take over your body. It's just sitting and listening um, to, to spirit and... Um, uh, just a really beautiful practice. Beautiful and well said. And that's why, you know, my my spiritual self-help book is named The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love because this is what a meditator looks like, like you, like me, not, you know, some magical, mystical person, which it can be, but, you know, anyone from a child, a baby, whoever can meditate, can sit and just be in touch with spirit at any time. So Madison, so Madison, is there a mantra, a special mantra as I call it, or affirmation or inspirational quote that you have as a guiding principle that you'd like to share? I know so many that you shared with us on Daily Ohm, but anything specific? Um, you know, for me, uh, my guiding force is spirit, and so my mantra is basically listen to my gut, and trust my intuition. Uh, because of my sensitivities, I don't read works from other people, and I stand, tend to stay uh, really isolated from my work as a writer. And so I rely on myself and my connection um, to the divine. Um, so my mantra would be always trust the information that's coming through and really process that through my third chakra, which is right above your belly button, your power center, and that's where, you know, the gut feeling resides. And um, to, I really rely on that because it's always 
very truthful. And so that's sort of my mantra, listen to your gut. Mm, that's a great one, Madison. And I feel called to tell you because you spoke about the isolation that we experience as writers, which is very, very very real, and a lot of uh, solopreneurs and freelancers in various fields have the same thing, that when you shared the story of you and your husband and the way that you communicate with each other, I think you should put out more uh, products around relationships and relationship guidance. I think you have so much to teach and share in that area. Oh, that's funny. I'm getting chills as you say that. And I have thought about that. I mean, Scott and I have been together uh, 25 years this year. So we've he met me when I was we were both very young, and we've ebbed and flowed together. And so we do have a lot to say on the topic, and um, that is sort of in the rumbling. So we'll see if that wants to come forth. And yeah. you know, oftentimes there's little bugs from people, and so you're a little bug in my ear right now. So we'll see. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I look forward to seeing that rumble forth. So if you were going to create Daily Ohm today, what would you do differently? Because, you know, as you said, it started out as a magazine and you were sharing these daily essays and the, and now it would be called a blog. Is there anything that you do differently if you were creating it today? Um, I might not hold it so precious. I think that... Uh, I hold my readership in great light, and I value them because they're doing such hard work, and they're so courageous reading every day, even if it's just planting a seed in them. And so for a long time I didn't take advertising because I wanted the website, the magazine, to stay very pure. And so I gave up a lot of uh, revenue by doing that, and in hindsight, I think that people would have understood that I needed to make a living and it was okay to have some ads. And it's not that I didn't have ads, but I was very specific and honestly, I was judgmental. I didn't want big car companies or junk food companies advertising in my sacred space. Um, and so I think that I was a little too precious in terms of that. Um, and my husband really sort of takes over the business side. I call him the head and I'm the heart, and we work together with that. And um, I think that I would be a little looser in some places because um, taking advertising doesn't mean that I still don't hold my audience in high regard. Uh, if they don't want to read the ad, then they don't have to read the ad. So I think that is probably something... If I was to do it over again, I would change now. And uh, But, you know, I had to go through that. That's just something I had to learn. And so I definitely don't have any regrets at all um, in that regard. It was just a learning experience I needed to have. Right, right. I think that there's a great lesson in there. I would love to go deeper on that in the topic of abundance and prosperity, um, that there's a challenge that I've encountered a lot with coaching clients and with myself, you know, in the past that a lot of people who hold themselves to be, you know, spiritual people who are answering their calling then have either, you know, judgments about money, you know, that, you know, there was a belief that I had to release, I had a kind of righteousness around, you know, um, I, I had to release what I call the sisterhood of traveling brokenness <laughs> <laughs> and realize that money is energy and that prosperity is a gift. Can you please speak a bit about that, that people have various beliefs about money that hold them back in, in different ways? Yes. Um when people have issues around receiving money when they're in our industry, I just say, stop it. Stop it. You're not supposed to live in a tent and eat dirt. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you are allowed to flourish. <laughs> and you're right. Energy, I mean, money is energy. Um, I'm really happy that I've really never had an issue with money, but a lot of uh, clients that I coach, the same with you, do come to me with that issue. And I find the best way to get around that issue is 
to really have people look at how they grew up with money. Did their parents save and were they stingy or did they spend all their money? Did they make bad investments and did they talk about money? Were they always saying how broke they were? And I find that really influences people when they go out to start getting their first jobs in their 20s and they carry that with them. And it's really beautiful to have people just journal about their experience and their feelings about money. Sometimes when you say to people, okay, imagine yourself walking down the streets of Beverly Hills. How does that make you feel? And people will say, oh, I don't belong there. Well, guess what message you're sending? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just, a spirit is fulfilling that, that wish for you. Not that, And that's just an exercise. Of course, not everyone wants to live in a McMansion in Beverly Hills, but to, for that awareness to come forth that someone thinks they don't even deserve that is a big red flag to look at. And, um, you know, spirit wants us to flourish. Spirit wants us to have abundance, to have everything, our dreams come true. And so we have to look at, okay, what's driving that bus? If your mission is just to live in a huge house and have a lot of cars and sort of perpetuate, you know, what that book in the movie The Secret sort of um, was putting out to people, you can have whatever you want. Well, you need to look at what's driving that bus. Why do you want these things, I think, is another thing to look at. Um, is that ego talking, or is that really going to make you happy? And so there's really a lot of issues you can look at um, around the base of money to get really back to the basics. And then when you when you discover those gems about yourself, then money just isn't even an issue or a topic of conversation anymore because it is just there for you. That's great. That's a great assignment. I love the way that you uh, put that out there. I think that that could be really valuable and helpful for a lot of people. That my sister, Damali Abrams, she's a visual artist, and as I said, uh, um, she's also an herbalist, and she did a similar assignment to your Beverly Hills assignment. She, you know, because we have the cultural meme of the starving artist, the other day she went into Hermes, and she was in there and just, you know, just getting comfortable with being there. And it doesn't mean that she, you know, She may want to buy something from there. She may not, you know, no judgment around that, but just getting comfortable around, you know, being an abundant person in an abundant universe. Absolutely, and I love, you know, Hermes. It's, you know, very pricey. Most people don't have $10,000 to spend on a bag, nor would you want to. And I think it's funny that you bring that up. When I was starting my spiritual quest, um, I literally found an Hermes scarf. It, the wind blew it and laid it at my feet. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I tried to find the owner, but there was no such thing. You know, there was no such you thing. You were the owner. The wind was brought there. it to you. You were the owner. What a yeah. gift. Yeah. <laughs> what a powerful manifester you are, Madison. Uh, well, yeah, and it's funny, you know, I don't even think about it that way, but people tell me all the time that I am, but for me, I just think living in my authentic self life, that's just what it is, so I don't really have a label for it, and I don't really think about it that way, it just is. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, dealing with critics and naysayers and rejection is obviously a part of life, but unfortunately for some spiritpreneurs who tend to be highly sensitive people, it stops them in their tracks. Have you ever had any challenges in dealing with rejection or negative energy or criticism, Madison? And if so, how do you deal with someone who doesn't like your ideas or rejects what you have to offer? Well, uh, when I was putting out my first book in 2008, um, I saved all my rejection letters from publishers. And, in fact, I just found them again the other day when I was cleaning out a box, and I reread them um, <laughs> just to stay in touch with that, that, that emotion and that feeling. And um, I'm always checking my ego, always check your ego. And, um, and so that was good for me to go back and, and see these letters. But then, you know, Hay House came along and published both of my books and sold many, many copies, and it became a bestseller. And it's not a na-na-na-na-na, look what you missed out on. It was a very um, grounding and necessary experience for me um, to have that come into my, my field of awareness that, oh, a lot of people love my writing and I get a lot of fan mail, but these publishers didn't think it was right. And you know what? It probably wasn't right for them, and I did find the right publisher. 
And so sort of um, making a lemon or lemonade out of lemons, like, okay, wait, now is not the time. Either it's a timing issue or it wasn't the right publisher. So kind of turning that negativity around into a positive. Um, certainly I get a lot of positive mail, but I have people once in a while send me an email that um, I don't love. And um, now at this point in my life, I have my assistant um, not send those on to me because I just don't, I don't need that. But for a while, I did need to have that experience in order to teach me not to make that part of my energy. Mm-hmm. I can read what they're writing and not take that in. And what I did was send them blessings and grace because they're coming at me from a place of pain and from their own life experience. And that's their stuff, not my stuff. They chose to send it to me and to share it to me or to tell me however it's going to come to me. But I don't need to take that in. And so I choose not to because it's theirs. Yes, it's their it's their stuff. I, I like how you said that because uh, it's not yours unless you choose to take it on. Absolutely. And that really was a huge skill I needed to develop because being a super sensitive person, being isolated a lot, being a writer, being in touch with the universe, I have a very thin, thin skin. It's almost like I don't have skin. And so comments and criticism used to devastate me, absolutely crush me. And that wasn't something I needed. I didn't need to have to like go to bed for a week. That really wasn't good for me to do that. And so being able to develop that skill um, was vital for someone like me. And, again, that's something that everyone can do. It just takes a little practice. And, um, you know, having awareness of an issue is most of the problem. As soon as you have the awareness, I think that's almost 90% of, I hate to use the word battle, but the journey, 90% is just having the awareness. Once you have the awareness, that you can do something about an issue, then it really sort of falls into place much easier. Okay, so then what would be, given that, what would be your advice, Madison, for someone who is wanting to create something, start a business, start an enterprise, but is challenged by self-doubt? That I sent out an email the other day to my tribe wanting to know what their biggest issues, biggest spiritpreneur business bombshell issues were. And I expected it to be more like, you know, um, strategic things or, you know, can't get the resources or whatever, but they were all, you know, internal issues like and self-doubt came up a lot. What's your advice for someone who is stopped in their tracks literally because they doubt their ability to do what they want to do and came to do? Well, when you doubt yourself, you are not accepting yourself and you create rejection and self-sabotage. And it's just such a vicious, vicious cycle. And so, again, if somebody can just have awareness of that, they can really start to stop that in its tracks. But when you're lacking acceptance in yourself, you're really you know, telling the world um, you're not good enough. And that's really sad. And... One thing I do when I get into that cycle is I'll ask myself some questions like, what did I do today that was more important than X, whatever the X is? Um, How did I focus my time today? Where did I put my energy today? Um, What am I waiting for? And if not now, when? And I just start to journal about those types of questions to get past the fear because we all know that fear shuts down creativity faster than anything. And really what it's stemming from is that you're not accepting yourself. And a really beautiful meditation that my friend taught me to do was to imagine yourself in a restaurant having a date with somebody and, you know, a girlfriend date, and she doesn't show up. And you know there's nothing wrong. She always shows up. She hasn't been in a car accident. She just didn't show up for you. And if you sit in meditation and really get those feelings stirred up in your gut of how what it feels like to be waiting for a friend and she didn't show up for you, and then turn it around on yourself and say, you know what, this is what I'm doing for myself every day when I let fear get a hold of me. 
and I don't accept my real self and I sabotage. That is what I'm doing to myself. I'm not being in acceptance of who I really am as a divine person. And once you see the sadness of that, it's easy to start, okay, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to start journaling about my fears. I'm going to start writing like no one's reading without editing and, you know, step into that sort of goddess self, right? Yes. Yes, that's so beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It seems like you would have to be uh, extremely disciplined, Madison, to accomplish all that you have. And along those lines of, you know, another, I guess, another sister to self-doubt has been procrastination and writer's block for some members of my tribe. Have you ever dealt with procrastination? And if so, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it really goes along hand-in-hand with what I just talked about. It's just the same thing, just different packaging, you know. Mm. We're so, oh, God, the humans, the human race, we're so (laughs) good at sabotaging ourselves in all of these ways. And I got so good at it that I was on to myself, and myself (laughs) would invent new ways (laughs) because I knew I was on to all my tricks. And so somehow my higher self, my my fearful self, found um, new ways to try and trick me. So I had to get onto all those tricks. And finally I said, no more tricks, you know. What really as, is at the base of this? And for me, it was fear of rejection from my readers and from the public, fear of being seen, fear of being judged, because that's what happened to me um, by my father in my childhood. And so once I finally undid all of the layers and layers and layers, then there was no more procrastination. There was no more fear. There was no more self-sabotage. There was no more self-acceptance because it was all laid bare in front of me exactly what the issue was. Um, And then I could start working on healing that, which, you know, is a journey in itself, but just sort of getting to that core issue. And it's a process. You know, it's not something you can go to a psychic for. It's not something you can take a pill for. This is part of the journey of life is, um, you know, getting to the root of what everyone's issue is. And for everybody, even though the keywords are the same, sabotage, fear, procrastination, that's all the same word. But what's under it is different for everybody, and that's everyone's homework is to find out what's underneath and that's where the good stuff is that's where life starts yes that's where the good stuff is and you know if we all came and everything was you know already figured out that we wouldn't be getting our hands in the soil and the dirt to go back to our garden analogy you know that that this is the this is the stuff of life i'm glad that you said that because some people feel like this this woman came up to me. I had a signing in a bookstore, and she said, you know, I've been doing this work for 20 years. You know, like she kept waiting for a hallelujah, I'm healed moment. And I said, well, there's no hallelujah, I'm healed, that this is the journey. This is it. This is the joy of it. Yeah, I think for some of us that have been doing it for so long um, are waiting for some sort of reward or lightning bolt or something and but the beauty of living an authentic life is your reward like um and that's you know there's something really beautiful in that to be living as a person not going through the motions of life that's your reward and you know we wouldn't be on this planet if we were perfect um you were on this planet to to go on this journey otherwise we would be in spirit form there was no need to be here so i totally understand what she meant i sometimes want that too um mm-hmm. but then you know the glory comes in other ways um, which is equally as beautiful absolutely so madison what is your north star what guides you and keeps you going when you when times you know get challenging um, definitely my husband, um, my life partner, and my business partner, for sure. He is always the first one. He recognizes things in me before I do, um, which is very helpful. And um, my relationship with with spirit, with, um, you know, universal energies, with the consciousness of this planet and 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 myself. Um, and that's who I rely on and 
you know, it's a small, <laughs> close, a close knit circle. It's, um, but that's what does it for me, and um, I feel so blessed and so comforted to know that both of those things aren't going away. And if for some reason my husband didn't go away for what did go away for whatever reason, um, my connection to the universe. Um, will never go away, ever. It can't. And that's so comforting. Beautiful. So you you mentioned your husband. You mentioned that you have an assistant, that I'm trying to get more solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, period, spiritpreneurs, to know that it's important to have a support team with you, that you don't need to go it alone. Who else is a part of your team? Who's Team Madison? Um, well, definitely my assistant is a is a big part of it, and um, I have, it's funny, you know, we don't have offices anymore. We let go of the daily home offices uh, because we wanted uh, to make a move, and of course I didn't want to fire anybody or lay anyone off, so we said, hey, you know, let's go virtual. Everyone works from home, which they love. So I have a production person, I have a buyer, I have a person that helps me with my online courses, I have my assistant. And then um, I have a, an editor and a proofreader. Uh, so we're kind of a, a small core team. And then outside of my work people, I've created um, a small circle of women friends that are very like-minded. Because to me, um, having sacred time with female friends is really important, and for someone as sensitive as me, um, which of course brings with it a lot of quirks, uh, I need to have people around me that really understand um, my weirdness and my strangeness, and because of my sensitivities, I can't be in crowds, and you know, there's a lot of odd things about me like that, and so I need people around me that really understand that and respect that, and um, so there's a small core group of friends uh, that understand me in that way, which is, is really important. And I also like to do ritual with them and have circle time, whether it's full moon circle time or, you know, any excuse for me to gather in a circle and light some sage and candles and, and go deep together. Um, that is really, really important to me. And I notice the older I get, it's becoming even more important to me. Beautiful. That circle time, I think, is, is very, very key and something that I do often. In fact, I have a whole section in Sacred Bombshell Handbook. I'll send it to you that has about like doing full moon sister circles and circles for releasing and attracting. Can you please share with us? Would you mind sharing with us a little bit more about your sister circles and, and how, you know, someone who's unfamiliar might go about doing this for themselves and the people oh. with them? Absolutely. So um, much like meditating, there is no right or wrong way to do it. And a lot of people associate um, circle time with, you know, witchcraft and Wicca. And, you know, it doesn't have to be any of that. This is um, sacred time with women friends to connect and be real with each other. And I would just say get together anytime. It doesn't have to be with a full moon. Um when you can be undisturbed by children and pets and spouses. And um, if you can't be around an outdoor fire pit, just um, be in a living room and create a little altar in the middle with some candles and have everyone bring a sacred object. And you can sage the circle beforehand. And again, there's just there's so many ways to do this. This is just sort of a loose um, interpretation. Um, it's always fun to maybe draw a card from like an angel deck or something like that and see what card showed up for your circle time. And then um, there's so many avenues to go from that point on. You can um, ask people if they're or the women if there's something they they want to release, and they could write that on paper and then put it into the fireplace or a little fire pit if they want. Um, or you could do the council route, which is where someone's holding a talking stick, or it can be any object, really, a crystal or a candle. And that person has the floor, and they talk. And basically, they're just um, talking about what's on their heart in that at that moment. And everyone listens, and everyone's witnessing what is on their heart. And then when she's finished, she passes the talking stick to the woman on her left. And that's a really sweet and beautiful way. 
Um, if you tend to meet on a regular basis, like once a month, um, then you might find sort of a nice rhythm and routine within your circle, and maybe someone different leads it every month. So again, it's not a right or wrong, and this is the way you need to do it. It's about the intention and the energy that you create together as women. Beautiful. How did you, Madison, learn how to love yourself? <laughs> Well, I'm still working on that one, yes. and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be 50 this year. Wow, up. yay. Yeah, and so it's really been the last 30 years um, on this path for me, and I find that, for me, what really helped me to love myself the most um, was to go on my journey and be real with myself and to pull back the onion layers and to be really courageous in doing that. And so I became really proud of myself. I'm not proud of myself for, you know, the awards and the books and the accolades. I'm proud of myself for the things that the outside world doesn't see, the really deep work and the struggles that I've overcome. And I sort of the final key with that for me personally was the act of forgiveness and to fully forgive my father for my childhood. Um, last year he will be have been dead for 20 years and almost to the date he died, um, I came to full forgiveness with him. And for me, that just set me free and allowed myself more room to love myself more than ever. And so now I'm on this huge uh, forgiveness trek to see who else I can forgive and then also um, ask forgiveness from those people, other people that I may have hurt. And some of them I may not even be aware of um, that I've hurt. And so that's really allowed for a lot of self-love to come in my life was that forgiveness piece. Mm, forgiveness is a is a big key. In, in many ways it, it can be the key to almost everything, I think. Uh, I really agree with that because if, um, it is such a heavy weight that we all carry. And it's almost like literally when I talk about it, I see like, you know, a ball and chain carrying around. And when we open up that space, um, it just really allows for more good stuff to come in our life and more, um, more love to come in. And I think forgiveness is the key to freedom and it opens so many doorways and you know and it's um, probably by design that it's a very hard thing to do and I think a lot of people think um, forgiveness means you're condoning that person's behavior and it's not that at all and you know for me it took 20 years to forgive my father because you know he was in spirit so it was a little different challenge to try and work with someone in spirit form. In some ways it was easier, um, but in some ways harder. And, you know, there was no particular thing that happened different on that day. When I woke up in the morning and I felt different, and it just came over me like a wind. And I said, wow, I feel full forgiveness for my father. And I hadn't done anything different. I feel like there was a special place in time I'm a big believer in timing, and I think that that particular day, it was up. It's, the universe said, you know, you've been working so hard on this, and your struggle is over. And it just sort of passed through me like a warmth that I've never felt before, and it was really magical and really beautiful. Oh, you just gave me chills, and I have tears in my eyes. Thank you Aww. for that. <laughs> well, I have two more questions before I let you get back to your fabulous world, Madison. I wanted to know more about your business planning. I know that your husband is, you know, a key part of this, but do you know whether or have you together ever used a business plan or vision boards, mind maps, or other goal-oriented systems? And then how did people find you in the beginning? How did clients discover you? Yes. Um, well, like I said earlier, definitely my husband is the head and I'm the heart, but we definitely have to work together. Um, we both have the other attribute as well. And um, you have to have some sort of plan in the beginning. You can't just 
waltz in willy-nilly and, um, <laughs> and you know, tape it together. You do have to have a plan. As far as a formal business plan, we never made one of those until we went out to try and get um, funding and look for investors. And then, of course, you need a formal business plan. And I have to tell you, I hated that. I went into that kicking and screaming all the way. I'm just not that regimented. I don't like business. I don't have a head for business. I don't like numbers. I hate math. I'm a creative person. And so, you know, having to come up with projections, I really didn't like that. And so, thankfully, Scott was able to take that over and and secure that business plan. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of investors won't even read it. They just sort of, you know, want to make sure that you have that. But the one thing I don't really like about business plans is it sort of makes this formal statement, you know, this is what we're doing. And I think in a business where there's a lot of creativity involved, you need to be able to sort of ebb and flow with what's happening. And so that's sort of what what happened with us. Um, When we made our business plan, we only had the free daily email that was going out. And now, of course, there's a lot more to Daily Ohm. And so that a lot of times would come to me in meditation. And I would get these ideas. And I literally started to have to um, take a notebook and a paper everywhere. When I was on walks, when I was in the bathtub, everywhere next to the bed so i had like five or six little journals and sometimes like on a walk i would have to shove a piece of paper and a little golf pencil like in my sock so i'd have something to write on (laughs) because the ideas would come and i'm very forgetful so i'd have to write them down and so like the idea would come oh you need to start adding um online courses by other authors besides yourself and so i'd write that down And maybe in that moment wasn't the time for it, and sometimes the idea wasn't implemented for a year. But just the fact that um, I heard the voice um, and wrote it down, or I got the nudge and wrote it down, it didn't mean I had to do it then. I just archived it, put it on the back burner for later. And then when the timing felt right, I would bring it to Scott and say, hey, here's this idea, go make it work. (laughs) And then, you know, he'll do that. in terms of getting new clients, um, let's see, Daily Home started in 2004, and back then there was something called pop-up ads, which you know, people began to hate, and they invented software to prevent that. And But that's how we got clients back in the day, is we'd put our beautiful bamboo you know, insignia pop up on an ad and say, would you like a free essay every day you know, to help you feel good and navigate your life better? And we got people to sign up that way. Uh, And, of course, then the snowball effect happened. Once you reach a certain amount of people, you get 10,000 readers. Well, then they start passing it to their friends. And our readership grew by word of mouth. And now we have 1.2 million subscribers to Daily Ohm. But it's very different now with social media. And now there's ad blockers. And um, there's so many more online companies now, it's a lot harder to be noticed. So I'm really grateful we're not out in it now that we have our readership, um, but it it continues to grow. Um, But word of mouth played a big part in our business with um, the email was easily, um, you could forward it to your friends very easily. And so Mm -hmm. we just sort of um, got, built our readership that way. But nowadays people need to get a little more um, creative. Uh, But I think, you know, just being your authentic self and being real is what people um, eventually, you know, you have to put in your email address to sign up. And I think that not coming across with a sleazy sales pitch or anything, I think being really authentic is important because nobody likes to be sold to. And we're really on to that, you know, as a society. And I think people really respond to being real. Yes. And and you still are the chief content creator for Daily Ohm. Is that right? You still write those essays? Yes. That is all me, which is why I'm alone all the time, <laughs> you know, in my in my sacred space. But And I'm okay with that. I like to be in that space. And... To be honest, that is my service work to humanity because that email every day, that essay is free. That is 
um, my service work to humanity for receiving so much grace, you know, from spirit, um, helping me on my journey. Um, I'm, I'm happy to do that, and I'm happy to be of service in this lifetime in that way. Beautiful. Well, my last question, Madison, is that my last book was named The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love. The upcoming book is named The Sacred Bombshell Business Bible. And I define a sacred bombshell as a woman, a goddess who loves, honors, and cherishes herself, mind, body, and spirit. What makes you a sacred bombshell, Madison? <laughs> um I think a little bit of what we've touched on during our conversation today. I think part of it is um, entering my fifth decade and feeling really comfortable with myself. Um, you know, the good bits, the bad bits, the bits that people think are bad, <laughs> you know, the wrinkles, everything <laughs> that comes with, you know, turning 50 and just really going through the process of turning 49 and freaking out, thinking, oh, my God, I am now going to be useless in a year, and spending the last year with that, really sitting with it and um, recognizing my value as a person on this planet. And, you know, if you would have asked me that when I was 20 or 30 years old, I would have gone to a different answer, you know, my perceived beauty or sexiness or that I was thin or, you know, whatever it was at the time. And now it's really um, that I'm entering my crown years. Um, I feel my my wisdom sort of puts me, puts me there and my life experience, which I'm so grateful for. And I just really feel the power in that and a great satisfaction in that. Wow, that is so powerful that you just said my crone years. Wow, what a goddess you are. And for me too, you know, I entered the mother archetype um, very, um, not too long ago, so I entered mother and crone very close together. I had my my son when I was almost 44, so I have kind of, you know, did a double whammy there. <laughs> Well, that inspires me because I have yet to give birth, but I look women like you inspire me. So thank you for that, Madison. Thank you for this conversation. And please tell everyone where how they can participate in your work, what they should do next if they want more Madison Taylor. Oh, they can go to dailyom.com, and it's dailyom.com. And they can reach me through the Contact Us button on there. Um, if they want to sign up for the free Daily Ohm story, that is there as well. And there's online courses you can take, and there's uh, horoscopes you can read. The horoscopes are also free. And um, lots of other goodies. And like I always love to hear from people. Yes, and like you're releasing fire meditation, they should head over to Amazon or iTunes and also check that out. Yes, thank you. I've received a lot of great feedback from people doing a lot of releasing, and that's what we need to do in the world is to release uh, what is no longer serving us so that we make room for more good stuff to come into our lives. Indeed. Well, thank you, my sister. Thank you. This has been such an enriching conversation. And I'm proud to announce that I have I will have an upcoming course on Daily Ohm in the future. So people stay tuned and look for that. And just thank you, Madison. Thank you so much. Thank you for being the goddess that you are and for doing the work that you are and for being so brave. And I've really loved our time together today. It's been really fun. You're welcome. And to you who are listening, thank you. And we will be in touch. Namaste. As I say, the sacred bombshell in me sees, adores, and accepts the sacred bombshell in you.